This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Hashtag take a knee. That was the response to President Donald Trump's call for NFL, NFL owners to fire players who refused to stand during the national anthem. Trump reignited that controversy with another Twitter storm yesterday. Then NFL teams staged a show of solidarity with protesting players before Sunday's games by kneeling linking arms or staying off the field during the U.S. National Anthem. They were joined by coaches, support staff, even some owners. And though players from both the Calgary Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders stood for the Canadian Anthem prior to their game in Regina, the Riders locked arms in a show of solidarity with their American counterparts. Of course, many of the Canadian football players are Americans. So... What do you think of all this? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we go to Paul Paselli, a U.S. political journalist and former sports writer, and Mike Hogan, the play-by-play voice of the Toronto Argonauts. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Thank you, Libby. Uh, so what do you make of this? Uh, he just reignited that controversy when it seemed to have died down. Let's start with Paul. Yeah. Hi, Libby. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing that, that kind of has people scratching their heads down here. Um, yeah, these protests were really, as you say, they were starting to die down. Week in and week out, um, even though we were only entering week three of the NFL season here, Um, you were seeing maybe one or two players, maybe three or four, sitting or kneeling, and it was almost becoming, uh, oh, yeah, there they are again, and let's get on with the game. Um, The remarks he made on Friday at that rally in Atlanta, um, largely to me and to a lot of folks here, seemed off the cuff. You know, he doesn't use, obviously, a teleprompter or a script uh, when he's doing that. Uh, he speaks completely off the cuff, no notes, um, especially at these rallies where he goes to fire up his base. And it's being viewed down here as largely a, um, a, uh, uh, a tactic to fire up his base. Um, he has rebounded in the polls a little bit here. He's in the low 40s now in most polls. Uh, the experts saying thanks to his handling of the uh, of the hurricanes in Florida and his quick handling and his hands-on of what went on in, in Texas. And, and I think from a political point of view here, Libby, I think he saw maybe a little bit of a tactical opening here because, uh, and as our other guests would know, obviously, from, from doing play-by-play and keeping tabs with the sport, um, the NFL's having some ratings problems. Uh, the NFL is saying, well, our numbers were down the first weeks because of the hurricanes. 
and there were a number of empty seats in a lot of these first two weeks of games. So I wonder if Donald Trump was maybe sniffing an opportunity here, uh, you know, in a Machiavellian sense of trying to capitalize on this. Okay, let's hear from Mike. What what do you make of it? Uh, I just think that Trump, is, as Paul said, was trying to fire up the base in the deep south and probably just got carried away with the moment. But when you're calling players who are, you know, exercising the First Amendment right of peaceful protest, SOBs, in an issue that is already racially charged, you're just playing, you're pouring gasoline on the fire. Wasn't exactly the greatest idea in the world, aside from those who are in the base. And also, as as Paul pointed out, he was actually making some pretty good number of rebounds with the, with the way that he did handle the disasters in the in, in, in the two hurricanes. Um, that's gone. Uh, I just, you know, I, I just, I am baffled by Trump on a daily basis. And this one just, you know, was kind of icing on the cake. It just, it just didn't make any sense to go where he went. Well, you know what? Here's my take on it. Um, whatever is happening to football, a lot of people in the States watch football and are preoccupied by football. And to me, I'm thinking uh, he wants people to focus on this more than the fact that his latest health care plan is about to go down in flames tonight. What do you think of that idea, Paul? Well, um, I, I mean, yes, he, he is a master at redirection, and he has used Twitter uh, to that end uh, as kind of a scalpel in doing this. But I have to tell you, and, and something I think Mike would agree with, um, when people go to sporting events, and I have been a sports writer, and I, I'm also doing uh, Division One college hockey play-by-play now for like my 10th year, um, it, People in this country, whether it's a proper perception or not, we've always looked at sports as kind of this oasis where people of different backgrounds, the stockbroker can sit next to the hot dog vendor in the stands or the day laborer can sit next to the accountant and just concentrate on the sport that's going on in front of them, scream and yell and yada, yada. Um, The debate that's going on here, of course, goes back to Colin Kaepernick. And the real debate, which I have to say, if you listen to callers on talk shows and if you talk to people here in the States a lot, people are pretty much split. Yes, as Mike said, you know, they they do praise the ability to voice our uh, concerns and opinions as Americans. The question here is, um, is it proper to do that on your boss's time? Uh, which essentially is happening here. And even one of the greatest NFL players of all time, Jim Brown, now I haven't heard his reaction to what happened this weekend, but Jim Brown about three or four weeks ago was uh, spoken to by a reporter, and he gave a rather pointed answer to to uh, Colin Kaepernick. And Jim Brown is revered in the stage here. He said, and he was very socially active in his sports career and has been since. And he said, listen, when it comes game time, you respect the flag and you go out and do your job. So it really is a 50-50 split down here. I I sense as to what's going on. Okay, Mike, um, uh, you know, yesterday was interesting because we even had some owners uh, coming out in solidarity. Do you see this uh, as about free speech? I mean, to me, you know, I I remember, uh, well, or even if we don't remember personally, you know, Vietnam War protests, people burned the flag. Getting down on one knee, to me, is a pretty respectful kind of protest. Mike? I think with what we're seeing, you know, across the United States and a scene, whether it be from white supremacists, whether it be from BLM, whether it be from Antifa, 
there's a lot of violent protests in the United States. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, if you go to his Twitter account and you look at his timeline, for a long time has been very, very adamant in his opposition to seeing unarmed Americans, unarmed black Americans killed by law enforcement agents. And uh, it is more than just a, a little bit of a problem down there. One of the numbers I saw over the weekend was uh, in 2012, 136 unarmed black Americans were killed by law enforcement. Think about that. That's what, one every two and a half days? Well, I mean, that's a ridiculously high number. It is problematic down there. And Kaepernick feels absolutely adamant about this. He wasn't vocal in, when he started this. He very quietly, near the bench, took a knee. He didn't go out and he, he didn't say, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing. He just did it in his aside. And he did it for weeks before anybody even noticed that he was doing it. Um, so he's doing that in his own way. Uh, I, I, I really don't. And just maybe to, to, to give an aside, what they're going through down there, some of the players. Um, I was at an airport once with a member of the Argonauts. He was born in Georgia. He was raised, he went to school in South Carolina at a major university down there. Came up to Canada for the first time, six foot five, 300 pound black man. And we're just at the airport, we're having a chat. And I said, how are you liking Canada? And he said, man, I love it up here. I said, what do you like the most? He goes, um, for the first time in my life, I feel safe. And I thought about that. And I said, are you kidding? He said, no. He said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big man, but with, with the violence down there and with the racism in, in the part of the country where I was born and raised, I actually feel relaxed when I go out. And the first thing I want to do is to get my family up here and try and find a way to move to Canada because it is such a different country. And that opened my eyes more than anything else I've ever experienced. Um, before we get to uh, some calls, uh, Paul, is is this protest, uh, do you think it's still focused on the issue of racism, or is uh, it is it kind of a, a political football now? You know, that's a great question, and we're going to see how this plays out. And, and, and as to what Mike just said, um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I think at a base level, the basic American political observer, football fan, non-football fan, really doesn't have a problem with what Colin Kaepernick was trying to point out. Um, athletes have been doing that down here for years. Again, we go back to people like Jim Brown, people like Muhammad Ali, uh, the American Football League All-Stars early in the AFL before they merged with the NFL. Years ago, a majority of the team, which was black, refused to play an All-Star game down south because of racism. That's been going on. Um, but let me, like you said, because of the heightened tensions here, and the fact that early on, I, you know, when I've done some public relations work uh, on and off the years in my career, and, and, and if I was advising Colin Kaepernick, I would say, listen, you have a very valid point, you're doing charity work, that's great, but when you hold a news conference and you talk about how, and this actually happens, how oppressive um, America is, and you're wearing a Fidel Castro T-shirt, well, okay. <laughs> you, you, you kind of, you, yeah, let me talk to you about that. And when you play a game, and Mike's going to remember this too, when you play a game or a practice or an exhibition, I don't remember what it was, and you're wearing socks that depict police officers as pigs. Again, mm -hmm. Colin, my friend, you're, you're, people aren't hearing your message. And that's what I think is 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 happening here pay attention to athletes who've done it before and have been very successful at doing it okay um let's go to 
the phones, guys. Uh, hang on. Uh, we've got Tony and Lindsay. Hello, Tony. Hello there, too. Mr. Hogan there and what his comment was about players. I played a bit in the CFL, and I had a lot of players that lived in Georgia, buddies of mine I still keep in touch with and all that. And, you know, you know one example that he made like that, uh, who, you know, I don't have to come to Kansas. Well, I feel safer. You know, it, it's, it, it's all about, you know, uh, getting back to, to Kaepernick. You know, he never started kneeling until he started signing a big contract. Before that, none of this meant anything. If you remember, he was on that team a lot longer before he started kneeling. It's like he named himself a bit. Then he started doing this thing. I just think a game, a sport, is where you go to enjoy, to get away from all the crap, all the political stuff. And now they're bringing it to a sport. Of course, the owners are going to back the players up. They're going to be deemed racist. So it's one thing after another. What Trump just said was, honor the flag, honor the anthem. Died for this. What, where, where did you play, Tony? I was there in 1980 uh, in the Hamilton with the Ticats with uh, Tom Clements and all the boys and all that. Ed Jackson, uh, who, who played with the Argos, a good buddy of mine, lived with us at my house, you know, my, you know for, for the whole term here. I'm just saying he, it, it was now, if you look at the field now, the players are a lot more affectionate with each other than they've ever been. They hug, doesn't matter who they are. White, black, they hug each other, help each other up. I, I never said that. I love it. I love it. It wasn't like that back then. They tapped you on the butt, and that was it. <laughs> now, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> now you see these guys. They hug each other. They, you know, and, I, and I love this whole thing. The guy's hurt. doesn't matter if he's white or black. The players are there for him. You know, And, 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 and this is come. It's getting there. I, I hope. You know, my mom brought me up that we're all, we're all son of Joe. One guy is the master, and he's up, up in the sky there, Jesus. And there's no colors. It's just people out there, you know. And I love everybody. And I just don't want this to be more stirred than it really is by certain media people uh, saying, oh, they came here. I felt safe there. I felt, hey, it's just as bad here sometimes. It's getting there. It's Scarborough. I grew up in West Hill. You know, it was Jane Carinci, all those other guys that played uh, when I played journals and I like Fargo buddies of mine. And you could, you could have not locked your door. Oh, that was that's going back a few years, uh, Tony. I'm I'm going to give uh, Mike a chance to respond to you. Thank you so much for your call. Yeah, Tony, he'll get us right. Okay, buddy. Thanks. Talk okay, you thanks. And, and I appreciate that, but you know, and I think you're right. Within the walls of the locker room, I think there's there's an amazing sign of solidarity. And I think we saw that on the sidelines yesterday. But to blame the media for this, I think, is a little unfair because you had the president of the United States saying the players who were protesting peacefully were SOBs, his words, not the words of the media. Well, yeah, and he likes to blame the media for everything anyway. Fake news. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see the point, like, leave it. This is, you know, the sport arena is the place to leave this all behind. But, you know, uh, I think we just have an ever-increasing amount of, of celebrities of, of all kinds kind of getting involved in all kinds of things. Absolutely, and 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 again, um, yeah, we we we. I grew up, and, and and you know, you had none of this, or very little of this. And if it did happen, there wasn't Instagram, there was not Facebook, Twitter didn't exist. And you know, if somebody took a knee twenty years ago, or even fifteen or ten years ago, it might have gotten a mention somewhere, or you know, it might have gotten a uh, a paragraph in a in a print newspaper somewhere, but. Uh, you know, it would have been tough to start a national movement. Now you can literally do it in seconds, and I think that's the biggest uh, issue here. Is that uh, you know you have Instagram pictures. I was I was a Washington football yesterday, and 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 you have pictures of this 
flying around nationwide and worldwide in just seconds. And uh, but I do agree with Mike that listen, Donald Trump is is no longer the you know the owner of the New Jersey Generals of the <laughs> USFL. If you want to go back, that's a heck of a backfield though with Herschel Walker and Maurice Carthon. But uh, uh, you know, and listen, he's always had a chip on his shoulder about the NFL too. But again, he's the president of the United States now. He's not dealing with guys uh, who are going to uh, you know buy concrete and steel for one of his buildings somewhere. And let okay. me just jump in. Just oh. let me jump in, Libby, for a second and yep. say that you know we 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 tend now. Some people tend to criticize athletes for doing what they're doing, saying that we have to separate sport from politics. Yet a year ago, almost unanimously, we mourned the loss of Muhammad Ali. And was there anybody who married politics and sports more than he did? Yeah, I mean, interesting. Let's uh, hear from Joan in Oshawa. Hello, Joan. Hello, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Yes, I'm reeling in on this because I'm a huge football fan. Uh, Go Argos. (laughs) Uh, And I also have three favorite teams in the United States. My favorite, most favorite is the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, It's one of them in the New York Jets. Sorry, whoa, 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 whoa. One at a time. Joan, you're on the air. Oh, Oh. sorry. Is, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't separate anything from politics. It's in your everyday life. It doesn't matter if it's sports, doesn't matter if it's uh, work or, you know, whatever. Um, and he's wrong. Uh, President Trump is wrong. He should mind his own business. This is a cause that is really dear to my heart uh, about the um, uh, my black uh, brothers being killed in the United States. Yep. It's absolutely horrific, and there is no need for it. All this racism has got to go. We all bleed the same color blood. Hello, folks. Wake up down there. And we do have racism up here, too, to a certain extent. And it, it's just not right. I think that uh, the, the uh, kneeling down on one knee is perfectly acceptable. They're trying to make a point and the government and the law enforcement don't want to hear it. Okay. Joan, thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. Okay. Let us go to Louie in Toronto. Hello, Louie. Hi. Uh, yeah, I, I really believe that, uh, you know, the blacks uh, out there are really are getting murdered for really not many reasons. I mean, they're like a target. But at the same time, it's not really, you know, the Trump's fault uh thing about the american anthem and uh whatever i mean they should stand up to it um it's nothing to do with trump itself he's just trying to say respect the flag people have died for the flag and they're not uh and then i think all these guys that own these leagues i think they're just doing it because they just want to make sure they get their money at the end of the month so that's the way i feel but i do believe that trump is a pretty rough tough guy and I do believe that he is right about standing up to the flag, to the anthem, and everything else. Okay, Louis, thanks for that. Okay, uh, back to uh, Paul and uh, Mike. So um, what do you make of what our callers are saying? They seem to be, uh, I'd say, split, but mostly saying uh, these guys should be able to do whatever they want to do in terms of a respectful protest. Sorry, go ahead, ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I I read a quote this morning. I wish I could attribute it. And this goes to Louie's point about protesting the flag. 
Um, the quote that I read this morning, and I wish I could attribute it because uh, I thought it summed it up nicely. Thinking that NFL players are protesting the flag is like thinking that Rosa Parks was protesting public transportation. They're not protesting the flag. They're using it to help their protest. Now, uh, whether you think that's disrespectful, I can completely understand where you're coming from. But they're not protesting the anthem. They're not protesting the flag. They're protesting the systematic racism that's going on in that country. There is a major line to be drawn between the two. And also, the, the you know, I, I respect law enforcement a great deal. I can't imagine what it's like to be a police officer in the States with the amount of guns on the street. It's, it's a high-risk, high-pressure job. But at some point, there's got to be a way to deal with uh, with this epidemic of shooting unarmed black people. It's just... It's ridiculous down there. They've, they've got to do something to rectify this. And that's what the... Not if Donald Trump has anything to do uh, with it in terms of the number of guns in the street. Uh, Paul, do you see uh, this continuing? I mean, what really struck me was, again, seeing even owners go up in solidarity because uh, Trump was questioning their right to protest. Uh, do you see this continuing? How do you see this playing out, Paul? You know, I think the next month is going to say a lot here. And, and this is not just limited to football now. Um, uh, you know, you saw, um, uh, you, uh, you saw one player on the Oakland Athletics in Major League Baseball who took a knee um, uh, the, a few days ago, which got a lot of play. Um, the NCAA champion uh, North Carolina team, uh, is not going to the White House. Uh, you had a protest during a WNBA game, a playoff game last night. Uh, the um, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Stanley Cup champs, obviously, are very careful to issue a statement yesterday saying that, yes, we're going to go to the White House, but this doesn't endorse anybody's policy. So how's it going to play out? You know, I don't know. And again, um, and I think as Mike said, referring to the flag, Bob Costas made a very interesting uh, point with Bill Maher and HBO the other night. Uh, and paralleling off what Mike said about the flag, Costas said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, you know, um, vis-a-vis the flag, and now looking at the national anthem, people view the American national anthem in different ways. And his theory was, and I thought this was valid, that when you do something to quote-unquote disrespect it during the playing of it, it hits with more people, and whether this is right or wrong, it hits with more people on a level who look at the anthem as an affirmation of the values of America and what makes us great. And with some people, maybe not all, to them that's almost putting a thumb in the eye of the country. And that's why it's such a contentious issue here. Okay. Uh, thank you very much to you both, Paul Paselli and Mike Hogan. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.